Well, you're listening to Darling Street Stories, where I get to talk with members of our church community. We talk about life, we talk about faith, we talk about some of the challenges and the joys of being a follower of Jesus. We hope and pray that this will be profoundly encouraging to you and help you to connect with God and learn to live a truly great life. Well, Bodil, it's lovely to have you here for this uh, conversation and story about your life and about God and about faith. So uh, just to start off with, can you tell us a little bit about your family of origin once you start speaking we'll figure out your accent isn't kosher sydney so where have you come (laughs) from how have you got here tell us a little bit about how it all started for you okay so my uh, i have viking roots my uh, parents danish i was born in denmark my brother was born in denmark and my father and decided that He was waiting for Dead Man's Shoes, working as an architect in the municipality in Denmark. And a friend went out to Africa and said, whoa, this is good. This is really good. You've got to come. So my dad came out to um, Northern Rhodesia, it was then. And my mum followed with two children and not being able to speak one single word of English, which I think was incredibly brave. But from the moment my parents arrived in Africa, they just thought, well, this is this must be heaven. They loved it. So we lived, and I went to school in uh, Lusaka, which, uh, uh, for those who are listening along, Northern Rhodesia is what is now Zambia. Zambia. Yeah, that's yep, right. Sorry, okay. yep. in Lusaka. Wow. Okay. So, what age were you when you landed in Zambia? Six. Six. Okay. Yep. And also no English. No English. Straight to school. Wow. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, that's hard. That's really, really hard. My name in Danish is Bodil San Anderson, and my mother said to me, "Whatever, whatever anyone asks you, just say your name." So, okay. I, and I don't remember it being traumatic. So, yeah, that's lovely. Wow. <laughs> so we lived in uh, Northern Rhodesia, and then it became Zambia, and then I went to boarding school in Zimbabwe, oh. and then we lived in Salisbury for, which is now Harare. For a couple of years, and then I went down to UCT, University of Cape Town, for uh, my degree. And then uh, I I got married, and my husband was a Zambian, so we moved back to Zambia and lived in Kitwe. And from Kitwe, after a a hijacking, went to live in Joburg for many years. Then various things happened, moved to Cape Town, and that's it. Had wow. three children. Three children along yep. the way. Yeah, that's that's a, a great amount of moving. Um, what did you study at university? I did social science, uh, social work. Yep. Okay, social work at university. And were your family religious people? Were they not at all? I was uh, confirmed as a Lutheran. All Danes, I yep. think, are Lutherans. Um, I was confirmed, but that was because my parents thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. But uh, no, no one in my family is Christian. Wow. Not at all. So uh, at what point did you start getting interested in religion and in Christianity and in all this God business? Well, I was very interested in God bashing. Oh, were you? <laughs> 
because I had a friend who uh, became a very strong Christian, and we all threw our hands up in horror and said, "Oh my word, yeah. uh, that's that's just too scary for words." And then that friend is who's a very dear friend and still is. Um, she just, I think, osmosis. Uh, it just oh. she talked about it without. She wasn't evangelizing or preaching. It was just, I think. She would call it fruits of the spirit, yeah. and um, slowly we got talking. And I said, "You know, what should I do? I don't huh. know anything about this yeah. Christianity business, really." And she took me along to a Christian bookshop, and we bought some books and a Bible. And what at what sort of age was this? Oh, in my forties. In your forties, yeah. Yep. Okay, so you'd gone to university. You'd got married fairly young. It sounds like twenty. Five. 25. Yep. Yeah, that's very, very, yep. very young to get yes. married for all you 20-year-olds listening out there. I'm joking. <laughs> so you got married, you've had some kids, yep. you're living in back in Joburg now yep. and you have a friend and just hanging around this friend. How did she, what, what caused the change in her life? Her mum was a very strong Christian. Okay. And then she would, she uh, stayed in Zimbabwe. She stayed, carried on staying and she got into a very... Um, a strong uh, prayer group and a Christian uh, Bible study group. Yeah. And from there, she, her husband, who's a physicist, uh, was not a, a Christian. Huh. And obviously, you know, because of Di, he also became a Christian wow. and is now still a strong Christian. Wow. And so you met them in Joburg. And well, we went to school together. Oh, you went to school. And then we and went so to uni together. Friends yeah. all those years. Yeah. Yeah. And you noticed a change in her life when she came to faith? Definitely. What sort of changes? She was a softer, gentler, uh, more probably more compassionate person. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so you started reading because you're obviously smart and you're a thinker and... What sort of books did you start reading? Well, back then in the I day? joined a, a church in our area, okay. Northcliffe Union Church, and our pastor there was Dr. Rex Matthew, who was just the most, oh, huh. he was just the most inspirational Christian, just lovely. So here's a story, here's a useful fact. Mm-hmm. Rex Matthew was the preacher in May 1985, preaching at a big uh, evangelistic gathering in Cape Town when I gave my life to Christ. I came to faith as a result of Rex Matthews' preaching. I'm not surprised. There we go. I'm not surprised. I have no idea what he talked about. Uh, I just know that I had this incredible experience of God and he was the man. I've always, I, I don't know where he came from. And so, wow, I, I'd never made that connection with your yeah. story. So. Uh, that's huh. amazing because he he was, it was the Northcliffe Union was um, Baptist-based but uh, non-denominational. Yeah. And he took, he's a sci- he was a scientist. Mm. But, and so Every sermon was based on logic, reasoning, rational mm. thought, and he and he was totally, totally non-judgmental. Wow! And you found that appealing, the non-judgmental. Yep. yep. Because South Africa at the time was quite full of people who were quick to judge others, weren't yep. they? And some yep. of the churches were very judgmental. Yep. You know. Yep. People who are different, different skin colors, different exactly. theologies. Exactly. Wow, so you started getting involved in the church there and your how did that affect your family, your husband, your kids? Um, I'm afraid I wasn't a very good Christian. 
I'd be a good role model because I was still uh, finding my feet myself, yeah, sure. learning to swim. And um, my husband and I had grown completely apart. Right. And in fact, the marriage ended. Um, but in the meantime, my son got very sick. And um, that, uh, I didn't leave my husband then because we were. Uh, we were holding the fort for Adrian, who had a brain tumour at the age of 24. And through that, uh, Northcliffe Union Church was unbelievable. Mm. The kindness of strangers, the kindness of... And and Dr. Rex Mathie just had me up in front of the church praying for us. He was at the hospital visiting us. Uh, It was just an amazing... um, The fruits of the Spirit were everywhere, everywhere. Wow. And uh, what what happened with Adrian? He he was sick for uh, for seven years. Wow. Um, he had five craniotomies and chemo and um, radiography, radiotherapy. He had the whole lot, but he died at thirty one. Oh goodness! Um, but he died a Christian. Wow! So he came to faith along yeah. the way as well. Yeah. How did that happen? In the meantime, Doctor. Matty died. He was he was quite an he wasn't a well man. Right. Um, and then the new uh, pastor who came, Gavin, uh, came and visited Adrian. Well, and used to come on a weekly basis huh. and talk to Adrian. Wow. And how did your? I mean, I can't imagine as a parent losing a child. <laughs> uh, how did your faith, your newfound faith? process that cope with that because sometimes we can think oh if i if i become a christian then god's going to bless me and everything's going to be great and then you know become a christian and your child gets Mm. terminal cancer how did that how did your faith how did you cope with that well the blessing was that um i had my son for seven years and i had an incredibly close relationship with him in those seven years and as a family we it was just indescribable the path we went on. In we became very intimate, very supportive, very compassionate. It was just, uh, and we weren't the only ones. There were friends. Everybody mm. was doing the journey with us. So it was an incredible blessing, and the church was a blessing. And oh. I never once, um, well, obviously we prayed for Adrian to get better. Yeah. Um, but it didn't happen. But I know where he is. Um, mm. And I know that I was blessed with Adrian for 31 years. Wow. And your his siblings, and how did they cope with Didn't that journey? Didn't go so well. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Not so well. Um, my daughter came with us and, and her now husband came with me to church a few times when we were having prayers for Adrian and that. And um, But when... Prayer wasn't answered in the way they thought it should be answered. Um, My daughter's angry with God Mm. and my youngest son um, has gone the sort of uh, Buddhist spiritual route. Yeah, which which is a route lots of people take when they confront suffering and hardship and and maybe feel disappointed with the Christian God. Mm. So... um, and your husband and you guys stayed together through all of that to care for Adrian. Yeah, but yeah, only in yeah the the um, in the sense that we worked as a unit. Yeah. We we were not husband and wife yeah. anymore. Really, we got divorced shortly after. Oh, got you. Yeah. Wow. 
and how in so this is in your church was and in your experience were you made to were you felt did you feel judged for having a marriage that ended because sometimes people can go oh the church can be terribly judgmental about divorce and people who fail at these things what was your experience like no it was absolute opposite people were so supportive oh, people were really supportive i that that is my testimony in life is that I have come across the most extraordinary people with the most extraordinary amount of compassion and kindness. I was never judged. Well, well if I was, I didn't know it. <laughs> no, no one said it to you, so that's great, yeah. Well, that's lovely. Uh, that's wonderful. So what? Uh, then you, you were in Johannesburg and then at, at some point you moved to Australia. Tell us a little yep. bit about that. Uh, my daughter and her husband came across here for a so-called adventure. They weren't going to immigrate, but anyway, they they decided to stay. And my brother lives in Fremantle. And the, between the two of them, they said, no, you can't grow old on your own in South Africa. So they, uh, my daughter sponsored me, um, and I came across six years ago. Wow. And what has it been like being a migrant again at this stage of life and coming to Australia? Not easy. Yeah. Um, at, well, because of uh, I'm an advanced senior, <laughs> it's uh, difficult to break into social groups, I think, because uh, people already have their friends and um, to to open up. I mean, people are very friendly, and uh, but it doesn't uh, go anywhere. I, that's what I found difficult is um, making new friendships. Yeah. And I yeah. think especially as you've left very, very strong friendships. Yeah. I often, when I have talked to other South African friends who are still in South Africa and they think about moving to Australia and they think it's going to be the promised land, and I say, you know, think very carefully. It's it's very hard. It's, it's, there's, it's wonderful, and Australia is a great place to live and raise a family, but it's, it's not all easy at all. No. Um, I've noticed this as well with Sydney ciders, very friendly at first, but, you know, it's actually quite hard to go deeper, isn't it, to be invited into their homes and to share life. It just seemed in South Africa there was more, maybe life was, I don't know, maybe it's rose-coloured glasses, but life seemed simpler. People were more open and more hospitable, and here people will meet you at a restaurant or meet you for coffee, but not really let you into their lives as easily. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think in South Africa we were sort of in a lager, weren't we, as whiteies <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So we we stuck together. Yeah. Um, but also I think you you make relationships as you when you're younger and your kids are growing up. It's true. Uh, and then you come across here and people already have their established yeah. relationships. I actually found people in, in Fremantle incredibly friendly. Huh. Wow. But not as busy as Sydney's busy. Yeah. And which you expect. It's a big city. Yeah. Well, I mean, Perth is really just a little overgrown country town, isn't yes. it? It's a bit like Cape Town, isn't it? It's yes. in that sense. Yes, but I it doesn't think, have the mountain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apologies to anyone in Perth who's listening to this who feels offended. I've only spent a week in Perth twenty five years ago. So what do I know? <laughs> Fremantle's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Um so you moved here and then you've been in this you've been here for six years now and you've been part of our church for pretty much all of that time. Well, uh, I, I was coming across from Perth to Sydney, you know, to see visit the grandkids and Kia and Byron and of course I walked along Darling Street and uh, came into the church. So I, I was here 
on the t- when during my visit. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I moved across here three years ago, then I was a huh. constant You've been member. Since yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> so now, what what keeps you what keeps your faith going now? What's what's it like for you now at this stage of life? And how do you? Yeah, it, it's what I need. It's, it's you know, as much as people talk about religion being a crutch, I'm very happy to have this crutch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very happy to have this crutch. It's, it's my safety net. It's the yeah. place I go. It's my place of refuge. And I'm now doing the Alpha course. I've yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Wow. And I did a prayer course. I did half a prayer course with Paul because I got flu in between. Um, so it's this continual growth, I think, uh, yeah. personal growth. And especially if you are living on your own and you've got time yep. to ruminate and to think about, you know, as they say in Alpha, why am I here? Yeah, that's right. So it's interesting because people do criticize Christianity and say, oh, it's a crutch for the weak. But in fact, I I sometimes I wonder how anyone can live without it. And there's no shame in saying, yeah, life's really hard. And how on earth, of course, I need God to get through. Uh, that just seems like a obvious Yes. 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 In what can you can you think of specific ways being a follower of Jesus helps you just get through day to day? I do. I um, when things are confronting, I think if you have someone to communicate with, and uh, you know the personal relationship with God, when you go through a crisis, you could just step back and then uh, okay, now it's the time to pray and ask for help. Yeah, and that being able to step back and just uh, not be maybe a little bit more proactive than reactive, I think is is something that would certainly helps me. Do you do that a lot? Is that do you find yourself talking to God quite a bit during the course of your day? I do because I'm at the moment in aged care <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and I'm finding it extremely challenging. Are you? Yeah. Yes. So I just keep thinking. Okay, this I'm I'm be, I'm being a servant. Yeah. And this is what I'm called to do, and wow. it's a privilege to be yeah. able to help people. Yeah. What's hard about working in aged care? The uh, old people. Yeah, <laughs> and some of them are much nicer than others. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, one sees the aging process and how a lot of the time you don't get to choose how you're going to age and who will be there, who will be there for you when you need, when you, at the end of your life. Um, And some people are lucky enough to have built uh, relationships with family so that they don't feel abandoned. Yeah. And others are, especially people who've lived a long time. Mm. Uh, they don't have anyone left a lot yeah. of the time. Their friends have died, so it's a lonely place. So oh, it is, and and loneliness is terrible, isn't it? It's a it's a horrible thing. Awful, especially if you're physically not strong enough to be occupied all day. Yeah, but a lot of time to dwell. What do you do with that? Yeah, you you make the lives of those who come to care for you difficult. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not always. Sometimes no. you make it very entertaining. <laughs> it's interesting the idea that god calls us to serve people have you as i as i listen to the thread you've you've been served well by god's people over the years haven't you talking about that yes you're really and now you're serving others yes um 
I, I had a thought. I, I just this is a complete sidetrack, and I probably should have asked it earlier. But in your time in South Africa, what was your engagement with? It was you growing up through the apartheid years, and how did your faith and your church engage with some of the sort of social and political challenges of South Africa back in the day? Yeah. I, our church was, I was involved in the soup kitchen and in the literacy classes. Um, and uh, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't have uh, uh, black friends. Oh. Uh, when we were at uni, there were very few black students. Um, it was very much a segregated yeah. uh, life. Um, and the people that you mixed with were servants, yeah. usually. Um so I, I'm ashamed to say that I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't part of. Well, I was part of um, demonstrations when I was at university for free mm-hmm. education, but that was before I was a Christian. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, we did soup kitchen and yeah, literacy you... classes, uh, but it was quite removed from what was going on yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, interesting. Um, so going back to now, um, what do you appreciate? If, if you were to give, if there was a young person listening to this, and I'm hoping there will be some, and let's picture a, a young, really young person, say in their 40s, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a mum who's struggling with faith or maybe doesn't have any, was sceptical, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them about their life and faith from your perspective? Hang in there. Hang in and just know. Trust and uh, patience. Um, I found my spiritual journey was a very slow, slow process because I'm a slow learner. (laughs) And um, I also found it difficult to, and I still do find it difficult to give up my will. Mm. Uh, so I would say to anyone struggling with it, I, I understand, but there is a way, and you just have to, you just have to trust. Yeah. You just have to trust. Eugene Peterson, the American writer and pastor, described Christianity as a long obedience in the same direction. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 That's what came, as you were saying that, that's what yeah. came to mind. I thought, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you're part of our little church now. What do you uh, What do you most appreciate about uh, Darling Street Church and our fellowship? Um, it's a place I come to on a Sunday, and I look forward to seeing the the few people that I've got to know. And there are there are Christians in this church who just blow my socks off because they are t- they're just amazing examples of what it is to walk the talk mm. and I, I just I'm very very grateful to be involved in a church where there are so many people that I think are people of integrity compassion and true Christians yeah that's wonderful um what are you looking forward to uh what am I looking forward yeah, to yeah we've, we've talked about the past looking ahead uh, I don't know that I... I think at this age you don't look forward so much as enjoying every single minute of every single day and just counting the blessings that I'm still healthy. I can still get so much pleasure and so much joy out of life. 
Well, Bodil, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been just a wonderful experience and uh, uh, thank you for your vulnerability and honesty and thoughtfulness. And it's a great joy to have you as part of the family here. And um, I hope this is a great encouragement to anyone who's listening to this. Thank you. So do I. Thank you for inviting me.